newsletter, September 2020. What does a planet mean? Here's how I am tempted to answer that seemingly legitimate question. Very, very little. Alone, a planet is really just an abstraction. Mercury, for one quick example, is related to our curiosity, and some degree of curiosity exists in more or less everyone, but obviously there are people who are driven by curiosity and people who barely feel it at all. More to the point, what exactly are you curious about? Show me an article about uh, human migration patterns as reflected in ancestral genetics or 19th century sailing vessels, and I will devour it. Seeing those same articles, you might skip to a piece about how to improve your golf swing, while I would have to be paid handsomely even to read the first paragraph. Curiosity is clearly not a question of right or wrong. It's more like different strokes for different folks. We all have Mercury in our charts, and we can make a few general statements about its archetypal nature, but what does Mercury actually mean for an individual? Who knows, or, or rather, who knows unless we give that Mercury a set of distinct motivations and interests by placing it in a specific sign. After that, we might give it an area of characteristic behavior by putting it in a certain house. Then we could further wire that Mercury into the larger framework of the birth chart by studying the aspects that it makes. A planet in a specific sign and a specific house for actual human beings, that is the ultimate indivisible quantum unit of astrological meaning. A planet alone is only a broad idea, just about as human as a lecture on taxation algorithms. Even once we have a planet planted in such an elemental triad, there is still much that we cannot know about it. That is because the consciousness of the individual interacts decisively with the wide field of archetypal possibilities represented by that planet-sign-house combination. That last idea is the drum I have been beating all through my astrological career, which boils down in many ways to a battle against the astrological determinists. I love astrology, but I really like to keep it in its place, and its place in the food chain of power in your head is always a little bit below consciousness itself. My blood pressure goes up when I read some astrologer condemning a configuration as inherently criminal or even as automatically lucky. It is never that rigid. Some idiot on the internet the other day dismissed my personal tendency towards liberal politics as evidence of my son Neptune Square. Give me a break. Sarah Palin has a son Neptune Square. So did George W. Bush. Astrology is powerful, and it always leaves its mark but it does not run our lives. We run our own lives in a kind of creative partnership with the planets. A couple of weeks ago, 
I finally got my box of copies of the Book of Air. The shipment had been delayed by the pandemic. Thumbing randomly through the pages, I came upon the opening of Chapter 7. I realized it pretty well summarized everything I believe about astrology, and it did that in about a thousand words using three concrete examples. As you read, and I'm including some of it here, uh, let me spotlight the two main takeaway points. First, that the planet Uranus, and really any planet, has very little meaning in and of itself. It really needs to be placed in an astrological context before it lights up in any truly human way. Second point, as you will see, the wild card of consciousness itself interacts decisively with the planet, sign, house, triad. You can build a house with a hammer or you can bash your thumb with it. Planets work the same way. Here are the first few paragraphs of chapter 7 of the Book of Air. It's called Sisson, putting an air planet in a sign. Here it comes. We might offer an authoritative, helpful talk at an astrological conference about the significance of the planet Uranus. But the actual meaning of that planet for individuals is potentially so variable that claiming we know anything at all about it puts us on shaky ground. The supernaturally brilliant actor Meryl Streep, for one example, is about as Uranian as a person can possibly be. She has the planet only one minute of arc from a perfect conjunction with her natal sun. But both bodies lie in Cancer, aligned with her 12th house cusp, underscoring a far more subtle, internalized expression of that normally rather zany planet. So who is Meryl Streep as a person? I have no idea. And if I were to have dinner with her, I would be surprised if I were not surprised. With that 12th house sun, ego in the conventional sense simply never formed in Meryl Streep. At the risk of a slight overstatement, Meryl Streep can be anybody she wants to be. One sees that quality expressed so clearly in her astonishingly fluid acting. Again, ego simply does not automatically define her behavior in the same way it does in most of us. That's her 12th house energy in action. Add Uranus to the 12th house, and you have a formula that marries two words, actor for the 12th house and genius for Uranus. Add the more retiring energies of cancer to the mixture, and another thing we learn is that Meryl Streep is probably not all that eager to meet me for dinner. After all, I'm a total stranger, and she is a cancer. Another widely recognized genius, Walt Disney, had a son Uranus conjunction too, but his conjunction fell in groundbreaking, colorful Sagittarius, 
and in the media-oriented third house. Not to rob Walt Disney of his human complexity, but I think it is fair to say that meeting him would be far less of a discovery mission than meeting Meryl Streep. Those Sagittarian and third house energies are more straightforward and upfront. Walt Disney would be more like a friendly dog than Meryl, Meryl Streep's cautious cancer kitty cat. This all brings us back to our initial question. What exactly does Uranus mean? Walt and Merrill, taken together, should help us answer that question. After all, they are both highly Uranian, but they are utterly different human beings. If Uranus is supposed to correlate with specific personality traits, we are standing on shaky ground. Both of them are widely recognized as geniuses, perhaps that's the jackpot, and genius and Uranus are indeed paired in astrological theory. But here's another Sun-Uranus conjunction for you. Peter Sutcliffe, the infamous Yorkshire Ripper who murdered at least 13 women. A genius? Uh, there's no way to make that case without bending over backwards. He was a pathological criminal, clearly. And criminal is actually another classic Uranian word. With a bow toward modern psychological perspectives, we might add that Peter Sutcliffe was alienated and very probably suffering from some kind of dissociative disorder. And that too is Uranian language. Sutcliffe's Sun-Uranus conjunction was in Gemini and in his seventh house. Forgetting his actual story and just reading the symbolism of his chart from an evolutionary perspective, we can say that his soul was seeking a diversity of experiences, that's Gemini, in the relationship category, that's the seventh house, and that these experiences had to unfold outside the context of consensual, conventional, socially approved reality, that's Uranus. Sometimes I get chills writing this stuff. My point in comparing the very Uranian charts of Meryl Streep, Walt Disney, and the Yorkshire Ripper is that claiming that we know very much at all about Uranus seems to verge on pure hubris. Its meaning is demonstrably quite fluid. This is one of the reasons, by the way, that a scientifically convincing proof of astrology has been elusive. Our variables are simply too variable. Pinning anything down in a satisfying this-means-that kind of way has proven nearly impossible. Here is the heart of the matter, or really the twin hearts of the matter. The actual meaning of any planet is enormously impacted by the sign and house it occupies, as well as by the larger astrological context in which it finds itself. That's the first point, and it's purely technical. Here's the second one. An individual's level of response to a planet, the reality of human freedom in a nutshell, is also pivotal, and it is unpredictable via any internal astrological measurement. You cannot see how a person will use his or her freedom anywhere in the chart itself.
put Uranus on the sun in Cancer in the 12th house, and you get Meryl Streep. Or perhaps you might get a maudlin whiner with a string of arrests for driving under the influence of alcohol. There but for grace or wisdom goes Meryl Streep. Put Uranus on the sun in Sagittarius in the third house and you get Walt Disney. Or a contrarian blowhard with a windy self-righteous argument belittling anything you happen to say. There but for grace goes Walt Disney. Put Uranus on the sun in Gemini and the seventh house, and you get the Yorkshire Ripper. Or a fascinating, funny lover who is an excellent listener and who has boldly made a faithful commitment to someone born on the wrong side of the track, so to speak. Uranus, in other words, is only an abstraction. It is these triads of planet, sign, and house, flavored by an array of aspects that are actually the fundamental quantum units of astrological reality. That is how we experience the human face of the planets. It is those triads that we must, to lear must learn to understand fluidly and flexibly if we are to give or receive helpful astrological counsel. And even with exactly the same planet at the center, these triads differ from each other profoundly. And then you throw consciousness into the mix. Well, thank you.